Thank you for listening to the show. Appreciate it. Race Tech Gold Vowels work great. Super cool invention from the folks at Race Tech. Use the code PULP22 to save at Race Tech Motorwork Suspension Work. They will help you out, and they've privateer proven over the years from those guys. They've got service centers all across America as well. Racetech.com for more information. Tell them you listen to Pulp, and you can save. Thank you to the folks at All Balls Racing, whether it's the Vertex Pistons, whether it's Pivot Works, whether it's Hot Cams, uh, Hot Rods, uh, the Bike in a Box Builds. Thanks to the folks at allballsracing.com. They've got a lot of lines of products that are really well-priced and really high quality. I've used their stuff countless times in my vintage rebuilds, of course. So please check out allballsracing.com for their complete product line and uh, support them if you can. Please check it out. And good guys and good products, and I can vouch for them as well. Used them myself. So, all right, on to the show. A Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxis Tires, Renthal, Motosport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. With your continuing gracious support of our sponsors, we're thriving at over 1,800 podcasts delivered with over 20 million downloads. Click the Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews, race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's the voice bringing it all to you, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast with Joey Savacci, a Fly Racing rider himself. Fly Racing charging into 2023. They have more lines than almost everybody else. They got more sets of gear, more colors, more styles for you, more price points as well. They have their helmets that feature the Rion technology. Look it up, man. Read about it. It's super safe. Their helmets are amazing. Real quiet, real safe, real lightweight. Flyracing.com. Please check them out at your local dealer or motorsport.com as well. Thank you to those guys for coming on board, and uh, their stuff looks really good. That BOA thing that they got, they don't have zippers in like their um, um, their top-of-the-line stuff and as well as the light line of gear. Um, Evo. Their top-of-the-line is called Evo. They don't have zippers. They got a BOA uh, that uh, they use to cinch up the pants. It's really, really cool, and uh, I've got it in my mountain bike shorts as well. So please check out Fly Racing. For more information on that, as well as Renthal, Savachi's using Renthal. A lot of top racers are using Renthal. Renthal.com, the number one brand out there for sprockets and chains and bars. Uh, Grips, of course, Renthal.com. they got a really informative website, of course. Uh, So please check that out. you got a dealer locator for bars if you want. We saw those purple limited edition bars. they got more cool stuff coming down the pike. Cloth crossbars or pads are out so old school guys take a note renthal.com for more information on that and maxis great mountain bike tires the mxsts developed by some guy named mcgrath used in supercross made events by a ray and cade and more maxis.com they got exciting things coming for 23 i think they got a new tire coming out a little birdie told me that maxis.com support those guys and uh, they support a lot of things across the pulp world so thank you to the the guys for listening to this podcast with joey really revealing uh, one and a uh, super nice guy and uh it's a shame he doesn't have a ride man and that's kind of why i wanted to do this sucks he should have a ride um he's good enough 
and uh, certainly uh, deserves one. So we'll see what happens as uh, the fall continues, if he can get something or pick up something. So uh, f- please check out Maxis.com, Renthal. Thank you to all of those companies for coming on board. Cobolinks and Motorsport.com. We'll talk about more later. But for now, enjoy the chat with uh, Joe Dog and me. Away we go. And now, as promised, on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, a fly racing rider himself uh, coming off the first round of the World Supercross Series. And as we do this, it's before round two. But if you're listening, you may listen to this after round two in Australia. It's uh, Joey Savacci. What's up, man? How are you? All is well, sir. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for doing this. Appreciate it. Um, So one round down, we spoke in the UK for the World Supercross Series. And I was writing my column about the series that comes out uh, today or tomorrow and thinking about it, did a podcast with Lewis Phillips about it. And I started going back to that format of just like, you know, basically three to four minutes, three different or two different lengths of main events. Is that something you can practice? Is that something that you need to practice for? Can you can you go back to the uh, gate and do a start, you know, in six minutes later or something? That's, I mean, to be fair, like, I haven't ridden a whole lot um, leading into this. Mm-hmm. Just because, like, you know, there, there was a lot of um, moving parts. Um, and it, it, we have been practicing it. Um, it. It is something that... Um, I think maybe if we were mid mid boot camp or mm-hmm. closer to January, you maybe would need to. But I can tell you this right now because it's still hot out in Florida. The five minute breaks in between, dude, that shit adds up. It's hard, <laughs> and uh, that's why I'm hoping that um, that not that they ever will, but I'm hoping Feld doesn't get any ideas. I mean, I know we have triple crowns already, but yeah. Um, it's a lot, dude. I mean, I understand people are like, it's only eight laps, but you add it up, it's still a full length main event. You mm-hmm. know, it's still 28 laps. And, um, you know, the advantage we have with being in a stadium is it's not as hot, but I can tell you during the week that when I do it, it's hard. Yeah. It's really hard. And, uh, yeah. So the, the, it is something that, that we do practice. The guys I talked to were like, yeah, like the, I don't know if anybody really put much thought into it beforehand because obviously the triple crowns in America, there's a big break between each one of them. Um, not a big break, but a break. Uh, I don't think the people at the at the UK and Wales thought about like, oh shit, like the three intensity starts, the the, the short break. Like it seemed like it caught everybody being like, dude, that was kind of gnarly. So that's why I asked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. It was. Uh, I, I would say it, it's it's gnarly as it is with five minutes, but mm-hmm. if those breaks in Cardiff were a full five minutes, I'd be shocked. <laughs> Yeah, probably um, it, right. It did. Yeah. It didn't feel like it. It felt closer to maybe four. Yeah. Um. But you know, maybe with the adrenaline and everything, time flies a little quicker. But yeah, it definitely didn't, it didn't feel like five minutes. I can tell you that. Did you feel your clutch going by the third one at all? No, no. Uh, uh, because I, I decided to be a bonehead and crash, so I had to switch bikes. Oh, that's right. Yep. Yeah. Right. Um. But I know for the second start, I didn't have a clutch because it wasn't warmed up yet. Mm-hmm. Um. But no, I I just I don't think. Um, at least on that track, I don't think the clutch um, would have been an issue just because it was so hard. Yeah, um, it didn't. It wasn't a a super clutch uh, hard track, or I don't know what I'm trying to how I'm trying. Yeah, to I, that, I get it. You're not. You know. Yeah, yeah you're, you're not abusing it out there. You're not abusing uh, it. Yes. Yeah, it wasn't a clutch heavy track. Sure, sure. Uh, is it a big step down? Obviously, you factory Cowie all summer long. Uh, you're on production based bikes. Is it a big step down? I mean, obviously, pro circuit stuff is good, but. Are you sometimes find yourself being like, oh, I wish I had this, I wish I had that? 
Yeah, of course, always. I mean, you know, like um, as a as a kid growing up, you were always you always rode whatever you had, right? But then you get to the level that we're at, and um, maybe not for other guys, but for me especially, you know, I've been on on factory bikes, and then I've had to step away from them, unfortunately, and ride bikes that um, are not factory. So um, this summer, you know, getting back on one was. Uh, was awesome um i had a lot of fun with with the guys and um definitely there was times um with a little bit i rode leading up to this and even at the race where i was like man i wish i had you know whether it just be a little bit more um not flexibility but just more Mm -hmm. eyes that kind of helped me figure out hey the the bike is it feels like this for this reason that's where being on a factory team so helpful for me um you know I, i i can feel a lot but I do get overwhelmed um, trying to understand, hey, the bike is is doing this. Is it too soft or too stiff? You know, is the rebound too high? Is it too slow? Mm-hmm. Um, so there definitely was times um, and is times where I'm like, man, I wish I could just call the boys up and, and have <laughs> them, you know, and ask them for some help, which yeah. I mean, I probably could and they would, but. You know, I don't. I don't like to bother people if I don't have to, and you know, I'm not really their their responsibility um, a- anymore. So, yes, there are definitely times the bike is really good. You know, Mitch built me great bikes, and I'm thankful for him um, even getting this whole thing together for me. You know, without Mitch, I'd kind of, I'd be, uh, we, we'd be a little bit more. Uh, it would have been more of a scramble. Mm-hmm. But thankfully, you know, with with Mitch and Dino Dan back at the shop, they they crushed it, and uh, you know, we had a spare bike, which. We were hoping we didn't need, but you know, thanks thanks to my genius brain, mm-hmm. uh, we, we ended up needing. So everything that we went into that round with, uh, we needed, and uh, yeah, the boys crushed it. Yeah, it's funny, like with Mitch, uh, and this goes the same for RV. If you ride for him and you win, and you know you're a good guy, the yep. support will always be there, no matter what you're doing. He he's got your back, you know. I'll tell you what, man, I I agree, and um, you know, obviously. I didn't win. Um, I, I won a decent amount. For you won me, a lot of races, yes. Yeah, but I, I didn't win what, what what the goal was, what we set out for. And you know, to be honest, it still bums me out. Mm-hmm. You know, like Mitch's Mitch gave me a, a career more or less, and gave me the opportunity to have a career, and um, it still does bum me out when I think about it. But um, man, I'll tell you what: when, when I approached him with the idea uh, about doing this and asked for his uh, advice and if he'd help. Man, the guy has been he's been over backwards for me and mm-hmm. uh you know he's people can say what they want about him but he's uh he's been really really good to me and i, I would agree you know if you've ridden for him and you've done him well yeah he will do he will do whatever he can to help you out yeah i think that that's a pretty cool thing i had a couple guys mike hooker and skip norfolk in studio doing a podcast that's coming out and you know we talked about that a little bit where they're like he's gnarly and he's intense but he's also very loyal and very yes, helpful. Very yeah. loyal. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, um, all right. So you got Australia to go and then you're done. Uh, and then you don't have a ride as of now. Uh, I'm sure, you know, you've been approached by some teams. There's a lot of B level teams or even C level teams that, you know, would be happy to have Joey Savacci on it. I don't know if you're going to do anything. Uh, as of now, are you, how stressed are you? What's the stress level on what you're doing next year? <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I I probably should be more stressed than I am, mm-hmm. but um, it, it's one of those things for me. You know, if I'm being honest, it's uh, I feel like I've been around long enough. I know my worth, and for me to to do this sport 
um, and to go racing. I want to be um, on something that I feel I can be competitive with. Right. You know, I, I've I've gone down the routes of um, riding stuff or equipment that maybe wasn't um, up to par, or this maybe that I didn't gel with in general, and maybe it's maybe it's because i've gotten older but i just know you know i feel like i know what i'm worth i feel like on any given weekend um i can be a top five guy and you know it's i'm not sitting here boohoo me you know poor me but it's it gets frustrating sometimes that i don't have a ride um but you know in the same breath like i did good i felt like i did pretty good this outdoor season but Mm -hmm. Again, I didn't do good enough for a team to say we have to have him. And, you know, it, it is it is tough. It sucks. But um, I just feel like for me, I don't know what I'm going to do yet. I don't want to jump at anything. Um, I don't want to go racing just to say, hey, look at me. I'm going racing. If I'm going racing, I want something to make sense. And, you know, I want to feel like I'm on um, a bike and I'm around people that make me feel competitive and um where I can line up on the weekend and, and feel feel confident in myself and feel like I can be that be be there in the fight and um, and unfortunately I don't know where that where, where that is and and uh, I don't have anything ironed out so um, no I don't know what I'm doing I probably should be more stressed but also you know at the same time I've just it's it's where I'm at and mm-hmm. um, again like I said. I felt like I did pretty good this outdoor season, showed some speed, but you know, I, I didn't do good enough to for people to say, Hey, we gotta have him. So um, you know, and it's unfortunate, but that's where I'm at. So I don't know what I'm doing. I would like to know what I'm doing. Um, unfortunately I don't. So maybe when that time comes and we get closer and things start yeah. making sense, you know, we'll, we'll revisit this. But for now it's kinda just uh this float around and, and see what happens. Were you in the running for the uh, Colt Nichols Honda Supercross only spot? Is that something that you were talking to anybody about, or you didn't hear anything? And next thing you know, Colt got the got the gig. Um, that's a that's a uh, that's a loaded question. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> I, 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 there was definitely I, I don't know I, I don't know how to word that. There was a little bit of, of okay talks not not a whole lot um that's probably all i will leave that at but um but i'm at, at the end of the day you know i'm glad to see um them give the spot to somebody who who um you know I, deserves a chance can i guess know? can i guess what happened no okay all right i mean mind. you can okay you, you won't you won't guess it oh okay but i just i know how those deals work they're not much money and it's a super cost only deal and it, it it ain't that great and you know you have to you know, you're under some pressure to get it done, and Colt is in a spot like you, and he took it, and maybe you didn't like the deal. You know? No, so, no, that's definitely not okay. the case. All right, all right. We'll, we'll, we'll talk. We could talk, we could chat about it off okay. record, but no, um, just on record, like yeah. there was a little bit of communication. Yep. Um, but again, you know, it just didn't work out. They, they, um, we had different um, things in mind, and yeah. they felt like Colt was 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 the better option. And you know, like like I said, I'm just glad to see them not let the seat go vacant yeah um, you me know, too. The, the yeah. last the last thing our sport needs um is more people fighting for rides so the fact that they were that they offered him a ride mm-hmm. um in my opinion is awesome and i'm uh, i'm glad to see him get a shot yeah i agree it's great and uh hopefully yes, he makes sir. the best of it um the so we're not seeing we're not going to see like dean and others we're not going to see a joey savachi pickup truck at a1 with a privateer cowie 
Um, I, w- I definitely never say never. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's again, it's one of those things like, yeah. dude, honestly, like it's kind of just been nonstop since outdoor. And I know I say I haven't been riding that much, but you know, we've been to California. This is, this has been a lot of moving parts. So I haven't really had like a solid week or two to like really just kind of relax, unwind mm-hmm. and then fit, get a game plan. Like, Hey, this is plan A and this is plan B. So yep. we'll, we'll go race Australia. I'll come back. I'll um, unwind, you know, kind of take a couple of days just to just to chill out, and then um, you know I'll, I'll start making phone calls. I'll get a plan A together and a plan B, and I mean, dude, if if I can get a bike and feel confident on it, and it's gonna be me in the back of a truck, I'll gladly show up to the West Coast rounds mm-hmm. on a Cowie um, and, and do it um, with the help of whoever I can get to help me. If Mitch will, would be willing to help me or, or whatever it might be. Like I'm all for it, and and that's simply because I feel like if I do some testing, um, I gel with the Cowie, and I will feel confident enough to go racing. And and that's you know that's my whole thing. Like I don't want to go to a team just to say I'm on a team. I want to go yeah. somewhere where I feel confident in my ability and 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 on the motorcycle. And if that means that's that the 17 shows up in the back of a pickup truck. <laughs> Or a U-Haul at A1, then you know that—that's what it might be. So um, I think uh, you know, I think for a guy like you, like you'd be, you're like, look, I don't want to ride that brand with that suspension company and that motor. I'm just gonna go on my own and be happy with pro circuit stuff and the people who know me and the people who support me. And there'll be an injury and a fill-in spot. And if you know, we all know you're a top five, top ten guy. So. Like that's a better option for a guy like you, in my opinion, than taking yeah. a B level deal. You know, I agree, and, yeah. and that's where I'm at. Yeah. And you know, like, but but back to my point, exactly what you just said. You know, you said you know you feel like I am a top five, top ten guy, and that's the reason where I'm at. Where I'm at. If I can make that to where people don't hesitate to say he's a top five guy all the time, then we're not sitting here having this conversation of hey, where do you think you're? What do you think you're going to do? Yeah. And. You know, it just goes back that I gotta, I gotta be better, and um, oh. but yeah, I agree. I need to be on a motorcycle uh, that I feel confident on, and it has has nothing to do with being on a team anymore. It has everything to do with me mentally putting putting myself in a position where I can not only have fun, but I feel like I can be competitive. So and okay, injuries are unfortunate, right? Yep. And well, I mean, statistically, <laughs> yeah, statistically speaking. You know, there is not a high probability of all the guys on the factory teams making it all year. Yeah. And, you know, if something happens, someone needs someone, I do feel like I would be a good candidate for that. So um, so this may lead you into maybe giving me the same sort of answer you just did. But would you consider 2023 World Supercross ride? Like we know it's going to start in June and or ish, June ish. Um, and maybe July, and then go eight rounds, nine rounds. Uh, you're riding for Rick Ware now. He's going to have a team again. Uh, I assume you're making good money doing this. Uh, would you just forego everything and be like, yep, I'll, I'll sign up for that? Is that something that you would do? Um, if I mean, honestly, this is where I'm at. I still I don't feel like I've reached my full poten- potential yet. Um I still feel like I'm learning. I still feel like I can be better. I can be, uh, you know, in better shape. Mm-hmm. I can be better on the motorcycle. I still feel like I have stuff to prove. And with that being said, would I do it? 
yes, I'll never say no. Yeah, you got to make a living, anything. right? You got to make yeah, like I have to make a living, right? But but that is not option A for me. I still want to be here where I feel is the most competitive series, you know, that there is for racing dirt bikes, and that's you know, a, yeah. AMA Supercross and Pro Motocross Outdoor, and that's that's my. You know, that's option A. That's where I want to be. I want to be here. I want to race the big guys, and I want to go. I know I want to go racing every weekend, and and that's where I'm at. So, would I do it? Yes, of course. Yep. Um, I I don't know any details about how many rounds or when it's supposed to start or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we get to that point and I have nothing, then yeah, it's definitely a, a an alley that I'll venture down. Yeah. So you're not um, you're not scared about the travel or whatever. Like no, you'll, you'll no, no, yeah, not at all. Right. Um. Rick's an interesting guy, Rick Ware. I had him on the podcast. I talked to him a little bit in UK. Interesting guy. Yeah, Rick's a legend, man. He's got a <laughs> got, he's got a little bit of, of everything. I uh He's a little bit like a renegade or like a little bit of um a loose cannon. I mean, loose cannon is probably a bad term. Um I, loose yeah, cannon in a good way. Yeah, in a good way. Like, yeah, I like it. I like him. You know? I, yeah, I didn't no, know. Him. I you know, like people ask me how is he? I, honestly the first time I met him was at Cardiff. So yeah. uh but no, he seems like a pretty genuine dude. Like he just loves racing yep. and everything about it. So, um, you know, as far if you ask me anything else about the guy, I don't know that much. But yep. I do know that he yeah, he genuinely loves racing two wheels and four wheels. And if he can be involved and around it, he's going to. So what's your initial thoughts on this SMX thing? Uh, they had a big press conference. They used the word, (laughs) they used the big word. They used the word world championship over and over. And then I went to UK and they used the term world championship over and over. Uh, I'm I'm, waiting for, I'm waiting for the MXGP to step in. They're also battling for world championship. And I'm going to the vet world championship at Glen Helen here in a couple weeks. So yeah. Oh snap. Everything's Um, a world championship, but what's your thoughts on the SMX thing? I don't know, man. I, I mean, at the end of the day, like, let's, let's be honest, it's great money, right? Like mm-hmm. the fact that they were able to come up with more money and have the opportunity for us to make more money. Like it's never a bad thing, Yeah. but you look at also in the same breath, you look at guys that, um, you know, I, I don't, I won't name specifically, but mm-hmm. you, you just take a look around at people who have maybe been saying over the last year, two years, three years, we need less racing, right? Why are we doing more racing? Yeah. We need less racing. But yet, but then these guys are the same ones who were at the press release, um, party thing and then getting interviewed saying how awesome it is that, you know, we're, we're doing this we're new going, series. We're going and more racist. Right? We're going more racist. So, like, I, I don't know. know. I think at the end of the day, it's great, right? Anytime you can put more money into the purse, it gives us an opportunity to make more money. Like, it's awesome. Uh, it's never a bad thing. But at what point is it too much? Wow. And I know, yeah. I know it's only two more races. But if you take a look at that calendar um, in a screenshot, like, as far as dates, it is – chaos and well i don't know i mean again if i was on a factory team and i was going racing i'd have anything to worry about but sure i'm all for it but i'm not um i uh, i I look at more money yeah more money is good i look at it like we have an extra week off in supercross and then we have uh the race that goes to october 15th now that's only a one-year thing they keep stressing that but do you think Baker's guys and, and guys like you and, and other top riders are just going to stop training that week off of Supercross and then all the way through October 15th? Hell no. 
No, all you guys are right. So you're you're just burning burning yourself yes. out more, you know. So yep, yeah, I don't exactly. I don't know. Honestly, all these all the all of you guys should send Adam Bailey a thank you card because you guys got more money out of this because everyone over here is freaking out. Yeah, well, you know, it depends you know. who you ask. They've been working on this for a while. <laughs> well, That's what they say. They were working it, on hey. it. No, they were working on aligning their TV contract. A hundred percent. I know that to be true because I remember there were meetings at Daytona before COVID, and I was yep. and I was surprised. But if you think they were going to pay more money. <laughs> Without Adam I mean, Bailey. <laughs> hey, that's that's the question, right? We'll never know the answer. No, and no. at the end of the day, maybe they were. And and all of this sure, did was sure. was speed the process up by a couple of years. There um, we go. Yeah. But uh, like, like I said, more money yep. is better, right? Yep. Everyone's happy. No, absolutely. And, and for yourself, like, let's be clear, I kinda have a ballpark of what you're making at these races. Uh, this is really financially rewarding for you guys. Uh, everyone's got a different deal. All of you World Supercross riders have got a different deal, but we know kind of what the team's got, and we know sort of the ballpark figure of guys like at your level are getting, and this is awesome. This is really good. Yeah. This is a good thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, for me personally, I'm bummed that we didn't have a third round. Right, um, right. You know, like, obviously, for multiple reasons. One, the biggest reason just being it would be nice to have three rounds the first year as far as, as for the series goes. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think two round to three round, I know it's one round difference, but when you look at a three round series versus a two round I just feel like three sounds better, looks better. Yeah. Um, you know, unfortunately, for whatever reason, they weren't able to make it happen. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, it uh, it's kind of what I needed. Um, you know, it definitely helps out. Um, but again, uh, I was in a situation where I was kind of uh, a free agent, I guess, and it just Rick happened to approach us pretty late in the game, mm-hmm. to be honest. I, I, I'd been approached already, and wasn't really into it but you know then rick approached and we talked about it and they threw some numbers together and it was one of those things where it was like all right well we'll uh looks like we're going racing joey savacci on the fly racing racer x podcast fly racing rider joey savacci and uh of course renthal maxis Cobalinks, and um motorsport.com all on board as well did you have uh of course we know what kind of happened with the bbmx guys and i'm sure that's still kind of maybe ongoing but did, before the plug was pulled, did you have any idea that things were going south? Like, did did you actually, you know, kind of have a feeling like this ain't making it all the way through Supercross, or was it a surprise? Um, can I plead the fail on that well, one? Well, I mean, I'm just saying, do you have an idea that it was going south? That, that's all. So, um, like, yes. All. Okay. All right. So you kind of yeah. you're like, hey, we yeah. this thing ain't good, right? Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of there was a few signs that things were maybe were getting a little bumpy, um, and you know, obviously, I wasn't at the races after round three, mm-hmm. um, but I was obviously being kept in the loop via mechanics and okay. and yep. other, and other people. So once I started to connect the pieces, I was like, okay, this is you know, yep. I didn't think it was going to end as quickly as it did. Um, I thought for sure we're going to make it through Supercross. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, you know, we might make it through outdoors if we're lucky. If not, we'll make it about halfway. Okay. Um, but again, once I, I, you know, connected the pieces together a little bit and I saw that there was uh, some rearing of heads, I, I knew that things were going to were gonna get ugly. Mm-hmm. But again, I, I did not know that they were going to get ugly yeah. that quick. Yeah, uh, definitely. You know, I don't think any of us 
figured it would be halfway through Supercross. It was a new benefactor on the team and all of that. But but the point I'm kind of making is you've had the rug pulled out of you there. Um, you know, we all know that you had a good year at Cowie and they bumped you for Adam Cincerillo, who had a, a current deal. Um, and then, you know, now you don't have a ride. And again, you put in some good rides. A little bit of a rough deal for you. A little bit of a raw deal. I don't think any fan, uh, you know, there's there's things that, that happen to riders, uh, injuries, and, and you've got a few of those, but there's things that happen to riders that you're like, yeah, I get it. Like, I understand that. And, you know, this is why this guy's on the outs here and doesn't have anything. And this is why, you know, this team let this guy go or, or whatever. But I would challenge any sort of knowledgeable motocross fan to not look at your 450 career and not be like, Hey, he kind of got screwed a couple times, you know? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, you can I sit mean, there and be pity. You know, you can throw yourself a pity party, but yeah, it kind of sucks, you know? Yeah, I agree. It's definitely, um, I would say, <clears throat> other than maybe, um, I mean, obviously doing better. Like, I, I had I done better, um, I could have maybe forced the hands a little bit more and, and gotten something, but... With also with that being said, it was just honestly, it, it all started with just being in the wrong spot at at at, at a bad time, mm-hmm. um, and you know with, with Adam moving up, kind of put me into a pickle. And you know, had he stayed down one more year, who knows? You know, like um, who knows where that would have put me in my career. But again, I would I would have to agree. Um, just a bad spot and, and not even, no, sorry, I shouldn't even say a bad spot. I was in a great spot with, at bad, at a bad time. time. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. you know, as we've learned in this sport with anything, I mean, <laughs> like I can make one quick example and you look at Yamaha, right? You look at a, um, at Barsha or even AP when they were first on that Yamaha, mm-hmm. no one wanted to ride that thing, right? Like that was the bike that no one wanted to ride. Yep because they struggled with it and then you look at the timing barsha leaves yamaha and yamaha transfers to star and i mean you look in the matter of literally eight months you took a bike that no one wanted to ride to arguably one of the best motorcycles on the track and it's all about you know the sport i believe is is, has a lot to do with timing Mm -hmm. and you know you, you look at barsha he was on the yamaha Right, hated it, couldn't get it to work, left Yamaha, and I know there was a couple a year or two in there, but just look at how much that bike had turned around in the span of a year. Um, and it's like with me, you know, like I, I was on a great team and the timing was bad. Now, had I gotten there a year before, it would have gave it would have given me another year there. So, had I gotten to the 450 class in 2018 instead of 2019. I could have had all of 18 and 19 instead of just 19. So it is definitely yeah. a, a timing, timing based sport. Um, and, and, but I would agree, like what, what have I done that, that maybe I don't deserve a ride for? I mean, other than people say I'm maybe a little bit too negative and too hard on myself, which I have been. And it's just, I want to do well. Um, but other than that, like as far as result wise go, I, yeah, I would agree. I feel like I've done a pretty good job um, on a 450, at least at least my rookie year wise. So well, I think you have anyways. Uh, you were on a JGR bike, but you were injured, right? Like your foot was still yeah. not good. So those results yeah. were lacking, but pretty serious injury you had. Um, 
And then, you know, since then, I feel like you've rebounded from that. Although, I don't know, does your foot still bug you? Do you still have issues from yeah, it? Yeah, uh, I mean, sometimes. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, it's not it's nothing that's like, it doesn't hinder me unless I smash it, 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 or, it or something. To me, you look at your results and, you know, you you can qualify fast. You can, you can, you can get top five, a ton of top tens. And should you be... In my mind, should you be, you know, um, uh, a Chase Sexton making all this money? No, you're not no. there. But should you have a factory ride? Yes, 100% in my eyes. Like, you should have yeah. a secondary spot on a factory motorcycle because you can go top 10 pretty much in your sleep and, and you know, break top five or win a heat race or get fast time or whatever. Yeah. You know? So, and, and, yeah. Yeah. And that's why for me, like, I – when I say I still don't feel like I've reached my full potential and I still feel like I can be competitive is simply because this sport is very hard as we know, but you look at, at raw speed and I know one lap is only one lap, Mm -hmm. but I still, I feel like I have the ability to be on an elite level for, for one lap. And now how how do i and that and that's been my achilles heel my entire uh 450 career so far but how do i i shouldn't say my entire career but how do i translate my one lap speed and how do i make it more efficient to where i can do it in the motos and a lot of that comes with being comfortable Mm -hmm. and and to be fair like the last three years i haven't been um i've been on on stuff that i haven't gelled with um and you know like my rookie year at Cowie, um, once I, I got some fast qualifiers, you know, I, I won a couple of heat races, let's and last. I felt like things were getting better. And then from that point on, you know, I've been on bikes and stuff that I have struggled with. So how do I translate my one lap speeds mm-hmm. into main event stuff? I, I truly believe a lot of it's mental, but a lot of that mental um confidence comes from just being on a good bike all the time yeah. and, and becoming comfortable and you know like there was plenty of times this year outdoor were top three qualifier you know yeah um and it's just like i couldn't go that fast but then come race time i didn't have it in me to go that fast for the race because i still wasn't number one still wasn't fully healed from my like my acl i was still a little nervous with that yeah but i also didn't have very much seat time and you know like i said when it comes down to it that's been the hardest thing getting a full amount of seat time or prep time leading into a series on on a good bike and a good team that i feel comfortable with and that's what i've been missing since i turned pro in the 450 class so um you know that's why go ahead ahead. oh i was gonna say it's almost a bit of a of a it's a blessing and a curse uh, for you because you've ridden, you know, you've ridden for factory teams and you know all the things they can do to help you electronic wise and fitment wise and testing wise and have, like you said earlier in the podcast about having those guys uh, help you out and all that. And, and, and so you've like, I almost wonder if some of these teams you've ridden on, you're like, ah, you, you let it bug you too much because it's, it's such a blessing to, to know you have that. But then when you don't have it. It's like a child gets the ice cream taken away. Now you're angry. Oh, a hundred percent. And it, it's just little things that, that, you know, I, I don't want to say took it, took for granted, but it's just these things that you don't think about when you're on the team because yeah. it seems so normal that a hundred percent, like when I left in the last couple of years, it's like being on the other side of the fence. I'm, I'm peeking <laughs> in like, Oh my God, dude, I miss it. Like, how do I, yeah. I want to get back. 
and then you got a taste of it this summer this back you're back this summer yeah Yeah. and then we go back this summer and it was like i mean you know i've said it somewhere else but dude i I literally had 13 days of riding a motorcycle after doing my acl on a bike that i hadn't been on in years Mm -hmm. and i had one of the best summers as far as results wise that i've had since i turned pro in the 450 class and that was with less than two weeks of riding time mm-hmm. i've had full summers to get ready for outdoors on other bikes and haven't done as well yeah and that to me speaks volume of how important it is to be on a good team with with the good people around you and, mm-hmm. and that have the resources because that stuff is you, you can't you know it you can't put into words how important that stuff is thanks for listening to the fly racing Racer X Podcast with Joey Savacci. Uh, thank you to the folks at Koba Links, lowering suspension link on everything from Aprilia to Yamaha. If you're shorter of stature, wife or girlfriend rides, you want to gain some confidence, have some better plushness with your suspension, Koba Links makes a lowering suspension link on everything from Aprilia to Yamaha's. Available at motorsport.com or available direct at kobalinks.com, K-O-U-B-A links.com. Use the code PulpMX for free shipping and also a discount as well. So please check it out. A lot of satisfied customers with the folks at Cobalinks. Speaking of satisfied customers, motorsport.com. Go through the banner on pulpamex.com or pulpamexshow.com. Take you to Motorsport. Then order something. See their great prices. See their great delivery. See their great return policy. And uh, we get a small slice of that. So really, we'd really appreciate it. OEM on aftermarket parts as well. Motorsport.com. Great guys down there. And uh, they'll get you handled anything you need on or off the bike. Uh, please check it out. Make it your number one source for online shopping in the motocross world please and thank you all right back to the show 250 class you won on both coasts you won indoors you won outdoors didn't get a championship but came about as close as we can to winning a championship but i still feel uh for as much as you won and all that i i feel like there was a little bit of a negative perception about you uh media wise fan wise and uh obviously you and i didn't always see eye to eye either things like that um but I do think the last, and you know, we're all we everybody uh, uh, gets wiser and gets smarter and matures. And I'm not saying you weren't mature, but everybody changes and things happen and life happens and you get better perspectives and and media wise as well. And I feel like the last, you know, since your 450 career, right? Since you moved up there, you've been more media friendly and um, more embracing of the. Because uh, I had somebody tell me. Years ago, that they're like, dude, he doesn't like to talk. He doesn't. He's not an outgoing guy. He plays video games, and that's what he likes to do. Um, and, and like, which is fine because we all have our things. But yeah, I feel like the last uh, three, four, five years, the perception of you for fans, for media, has changed a little bit, and you've embraced it a little more. Uh, do you think that's accurate? Um, I hope it's changed. Um, honestly, it sucks that that the perception was ever that it ever got to the point that it did because at the end of the day like the people that know me and are around me like i'm one of the most mellow people like that there is i just like to hang out and and have a good time and and joke and and Mm -hmm. um you know to shoot the shit And, and the problem is for me like i was homeschooled um for most of my life so i didn't have a great um public sense um as far as speaking mm-hmm. and, and and being uh natural in those environments so for me like 
I've just never been good at talking around people I don't know. Right. And it, it could get taken the wrong way, like as being stuck up or selfish or self-centered or whatever. But I just get really nervous around people I don't know, mainly because I just think too much. Like, oh, what are they thinking about? You know, do they like me? Do they not like yeah. me? You know, are they judging me? Like, I just think too much. So I try – I have I tried for a long time to avoid um, be, putting myself in those situations because I'm not good with – I try not to be in altercations and, and situations that make me uncomfortable mm-hmm. just because, you know, as a human, we don't like being uncomfortable. And, um, you know, I tried that route for a long time. And obviously, especially after the Osborne thing, like with that whole Vegas thing, you know, it, it was a – it basically was the fuel to the fire as far as people to, to not turn on me but to give me a hard time. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was like, okay, I've had enough, you know, like I, I don't want to be here. I don't want anything to do with social media. Like I, I, I can't do it. Yeah. And it was like, it was like, it was a point in, in my, my life where it was honestly, it was overwhelming and I, I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. And I wanted to, I wanted to go away. Like I didn't even, it was one of those things where I wish social, social media wasn't a thing because I truly believe I could have gotten over everything and been a happier person quicker mm-hmm. had social media not been around. But, you know, as we're learning, social media is, is becoming more and more important to our sport than ever before. Yeah. And so it was one of those things that I had to, to basically be okay with that. Um, you know, being uncomfortable around people is just what it's going to be. And people are going to have their opinions of me. And, and honestly, there was times where I would sit at night and I would think, okay, what can I do to make people like me? And, and the fact that I even got to that point yeah, was like, yeah. it, it, it was disgusting. Yeah. But it was, I was so desperate at a point where I just, I was like, dude, like, I just want people to, like, I wish everybody that didn't like me could come hang out with me for a day and understand, like, dude, I'm pretty mellow. Like, yeah. I just like to place, I do, I do love video games mm-hmm. and I love to just shoot the shit and, and hang out. And I wish people could see that. And, uh, and so I was, I tried for a little while, like, how can I get people to see that? And it's just one of those things that you can't, like, right? People are going to have their opinions mm-hmm. regardless of what you do. And, and, you know, there's that, the thing that I, I said before, like you could be the sweetest peach in the patch, but if somebody doesn't like peaches, it doesn't matter. They're not going <laughs> to like you. And yeah. it got, yeah. it got to the point for, for me, like that's where I was at. I'm like, okay, well, you know, I'll, I'm going to try my best to be more positive and to, to carry a smile and to just be thankful that I'm here and able to go racing. Um, there is a, it is hard for me because when I show up to the races, I try to take it very serious. Um, and I want to do well. And when I don't do well, it bums me out, but I've, I've had to try to find that balance of, you know, if I have a bad race, have a bad race, come back, be bummed and Mm -hmm. let it go after about 10 minutes, 20 minutes, like let it go because sitting here dwelling on, it's not going to fix it. So I would like to think that Maybe people are, are changing their opinions a little bit. Um, as far as the media too, like I'm, I'm pretty mellow now. Uh, I definitely have gotten older and, and like you said, wiser. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've learned that having beef with anybody is really uh, counterproductive and doesn't doesn't do me any any good, especially with the media. You know, the last people you want to not be on the good side with is is the people people who put out press releases and interviews and anything to do with our sport that's the last thing you want to do is 
bite the hand that is feeding you per se, you know, because yeah. people like you that, that have your podcast and stuff, right? Like thousands of people listen in and they, whether you want them to or not, they can, they form opinions of people and product based off of what they hear on, on your show. So it was uh, definitely for me, I was like, okay, like I have beef with whoever. And a lot of the beef was just because I was just mad at myself, but I was like, I need to get over it and I just need to be friendly with everybody because me being not friendly is not doing yeah. me any good. But I, I, I feel like you've changed this narrative by being, yeah, uh, funny, uh, outgoing, um, you know, honest, very honest, right? I think everyone, everyone can appreciate a rider being honest about a, a, a product, a race, uh, a machine, yeah. whatever. Um, but yeah, the pro circuit days, you know, some of your podium interviews, yeah, they were to me, in my opinion, a bit off. And then you had the whole controversy. And and I think that you were, you know, you, you finished top three four straight times or something and whatever. It was, you know, you had a great record. And maybe you were just like, look, I'm so pissed that I haven't won a championship. And it was getting to you in some interviews, right? Oh, and, 100%. Yeah, yeah. And you were just like, It, it was, man. That's, that's exactly it. Like, was I too negative? Sure. I, I, w I was, I wasn't too negative. I was too hard on myself. Too hard. I have yes, to, yeah. yes. I have to understand that is, you know, being around the people I was around and having the goals that I had, like, I want to win, right? Like that's a racer. I want to go win. And in my mind, when I didn't win, it wasn't acceptable. Now there was plenty of times where I crashed and made stupid mistakes that cost me the wind. And those were the rounds or those were the weekends that I should have been more pissed with myself. The weekends that I got beat straight up, like if Zach passed me or mm -hmm. whoever it was that was just faster than me, there was no reason to really be that bummed because at the end of the day, like I lost, like I just didn't have it now. And, and, and the weekends that I lost because I, I made bonehead mistakes while leading, those should have been the okay ventures or the green lights for me to say, Hey, you know, I did this to myself, be pissed about it, mm -hmm. and then then let it go. And it, where instead, everything kind of blended into one, and I was just pissed in general. And then, like I said, what made it worse, honestly, was the Vegas thing. Because for me, like, obviously, it, it seemed fake, and, and it was a dream. It felt like the whole thing was crazy. And then on top of that, you know, I go online, and, and then you have these – media magazine covers that are blowing me out and the, the internet is if at the time felt like the whole internet was turned on me and yeah, was making yeah. making fun of me and it was like for me that was it like i said I, I couldn't take it it was like i was a turtle and went back into a shell and i wanted nothing to do with anybody and i, and I just i literally mentally i could not take it yeah. and it was just so overwhelming that it, it forced me into a bad spot. And I would say that that took maybe that, that took a solid two years at least of, um, bad crazy. Press. Yeah. It's yeah. nuts just, to just think about that, decision. you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's nuts to think about that. And, and, and so you, you look at yourself and our niche sport and everything that happened. And then, you know, like you look at a real sport with, you know, the F1 guys or LeBron or whoever, and, you wonder how they don't go fucking crazy, you know? Honestly. Yeah. Like you just wonder how they don't just, you know, think the worst of society, you know, with the DMs yeah. they get. The I'm sure you got, I'm sure you got some horrific DMs. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, horrific course. comments, right? I mean, I get it, right? As a media guy, yeah. I can imagine you. 
and you're just like, this is a terrible thing. This social media, it's yep. terrible. So it, it really is. Yeah. And, and like I said, I'm not a person that's like good at faking things, yeah. right? So yeah. like the vlogs, like I tried that. It's just not. I can't walk around with a camera out because mm-hmm. I don't like the attention. <laughs> so like, yeah. as much as I wanted to do the vlogs because I felt like, hey, like this will be a way for people to understand me and how I work. I couldn't do it. I tried and it's just, it's not me. And I'm also not a fake person. So like if things aren't going well, I can't just put on a smile and and stand in front of the camera and pretend like all is well, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's where I give credit. A lot of these guys who have vlogs now are very good at, at portraying one image and and one thing and doing another. And Mm -hmm. I just, you know, I wish I had that in me because clearly it's, it's popular, but um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, can't, I can't do it. I tried. Yeah. De- Deacon called me a month or so ago because I went on my show and just said, I can't believe these guys do these vlogs. I just, I would never do that to my kids. I would never do it to myself. Uh, Chad, the same way. <laughs> and and <laughs> I just, I couldn't imagine these guys doing this. You know, I mean, Dino's is one thing. Dino, happy dude, and, you know, like kind of giving you a, yeah. a, a, but these guys that like chronicle their lives on vlogs. Yep. No thanks. No way. Yeah, you know? that's what I'm saying, dude. Like, yeah. it's crazy. I don't know how they do it. I no, wish. I, I mean, trust me, dude. Let me, uh, let me spend like two, three weeks with Deegan's and let me get on on the vlog, yeah. dude. I might get some more followers <laughs> and maybe change some people's mind. But like, yeah. I, it's impressive how they consistently yep. do it. It yeah. really is. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, right on, man. Well, hey, thanks for the time. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, good job in UK. I feel I feel like you should have been on the podium. You kind of threw it away. Bad starts and crash. Uh, yeah, but you were definitely one of the three fastest guys there. I think every session, you know, but yeah, didn't didn't work out. But uh, you know, no, it was my fault. You know, so again, it's one of those things that I'm mad about at myself because it was stupid. But yeah, I, I agree. I, I I had fun, and um, yeah, we're getting ready to go do it again. Yeah, absolutely. So good luck uh, down under at the World Supercross rounds, and yeah, we'll we'll chat when you get back. Hopefully, something. Uh, comes your way that'll work out i think like i said i think you deserve it and i hope it happens i think you're one of the 10 best riders in america uh and so therefore in my eyes you should have a ride um well with somebody appreciate it. so um we'll figure, right, we'll figure that out for me. i'll do that yeah absolutely uh yeah. thanks a lot joey i appreciate it on the fly racing racer x podcast thanks man yes sir see you bye see you. This has been the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show, presented by Maxxis Tires, Renthal, Motorsport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. Thanks for listening and supporting our partners.